Hello, and welcome to the All Dale Army podcast. Good evening, and welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Tonight, I'm joined with Ben and Travis as usual. How, how are we doing, Travis? Um, all good at the minute. Same old during lockdown. Yeah, but just yeah, gotta, just got to get them through it, haven't we, at the minute? You know, rough, yeah, but there we go. And Ben, how are we? Uh, I'm not so bad, thank you. Very good, very good. Good to hear it. I mean, I suppose we're doing as well as we can with everything, <laughs> well, with the results given at the moment. But let's, uh, well, without any further ado, let's just uh, let's just dive into it, I suppose. So I wanted to kind of get uh, opinion of, uh, of both of you, what you thought of Mick Shane's interview. Um, I don't know if you managed to get a chance to listen to it. Obviously, this is going back to previous before the uh, Sunderland game. Uh, Travis, if you want to, you know, start it off. Um, I I listened to the one on YouTube, the like not extended version, but I thought it came across really, really well. Um, he made some very good points. He was with Brian's interviews of most of the season, fresh off the poor results. He's been Mister Positive, Mister. We've doing really good, doing. Not, we need don't need to change much, but McShane was brutally honest, said what we need to do to improve. Um, literally said everything all the fans were thinking. But saying that, I think he'll have a say in what Brian's trying to do at the minute. So whether that's just... I don't know if he'd make a good manager. I mean, that remains to be seen. I've always got his coaching badges, but he could want to retire from playing football maybe this end of the season. He could go into a manager role somewhere else. Potentially, yeah. I mean, I think he has, like you say, he's done his coaching badges, so he's, he's definitely... You know, he's definitely got that as a possibility. Um, I mean, just a, just a quick comment on what he'd said is, I think it was a breath of fresh air really at the time because the the obviously the the post match interviews recently have just been uh, delusional, I believe, and some of the things that have been said and just doesn't make really much sense. But you know, he was speaking with some you know some real clarity and just saying it how it is. And to me, that's that's what we need at this moment in time. I think there'd be a lot more of acceptance from the fan base if people were just honest and just you know said it how it is. But yeah, Ben, have you got anything you want to add on that? Um, yeah, it's just kind of reiterating that it was it was more of a refreshing interview from the usual drabble that we get from BBM every week, trying to defend or give an excuse for every poor performance. He feels like he's accepting that the club and the fans are like, this is not the performances we want, and he's accepting that something needs to change for for like for the rest of the season, considering um, um it's like I said, it was it's a funny one. He coming from the players, it's refreshing. But like you said, the Brian Barry Murphy's post-match interviews don't seem to be changing. No, they don't. And uh, well, what, what more can be said on Brian? I suppose we'll we'll dive into him a little bit later on. I think we've got quite a bit to dissect tonight. And um, I suppose the next part I'm going to jump on to is what we always do: um, just dissect the past few games. Um, it's obviously starting with that Sunderland game. I'm going to just start off and say, you know, in a whole, I thought there was some, I thought there was some quite good parts of the game. You know, in attack we looked fluid and all right, we can, we did concede two very soft chances. But that's the thing with us, we got we should, we should keep showing the same defensive frailties. But going forward, I think I think we did create chances. We just we just didn't capitalize on them at all. Um, what do you think, Ben? Um, yeah, so again, it was another one that I decided not to watch. Um, but yeah, from what I heard, it seemed to be a much better performance as well. A lot of Sunderland fans seem to think that we played all right. And considering if we play like that for the rest of the season, we do all right, which I felt strange considering watching recent performances. But like you said, it felt 
like a much more considering the scoreline, forgetting that, but it felt like a much more better performance overall. No, definitely. I think if you take that game in isolation and you will look at the look at the fact that we've lost two 0 it's not that bad. It's it's just the run of the season at the minute and where we are. You know, we need results and and they're just not coming. I mean, it, like I'm like you were saying with the Sunderland fans saying that we we look quite decent. I mean, you get that a lot in the season where teams will comment on you and say you're really unlucky, but they don't see the full picture, do they? They don't they don't watch you week in and week out, and they don't see the the tough moments. They just look at the the, the moments of of brilliance and the snippets of good things that you do. But yeah, I mean, um, well, still no improvement. We didn't we didn't get we didn't get a result from the game, and and that's that's how it is really. But what what do you reckon, Travis? Um, I think pretty much the same. I thought we played all right. Has a few. De- had some chances compared to other games I played prior to the Sunderland game. But again, like you say, it's not... On paper, Sunderland should be beating us every day of the week. I get about 100%. But they didn't seem to get out of second gear, from what I saw anyway. They just didn't seem to... They just seemed to beat us with ease still. Even though we had chances, we never really threatened seriously, I didn't think. And they didn't... They could have gone up one or two gears and probably going to score more and improved even more but like you say in isolation it weren't it weren't worst performance in the world there were some good chances I remember that one um, with Shaughnessy all we had to do was make a simple pass to Bar and it was one on one and that would have made it one um, one one I think and then obviously we had the key hand chance there was Humphrey's chance in the second half and yeah it's just one for us at the minute but like you say um it's just we've got to improve on it, haven't we? We yeah, uh, I mean, we were guilty of making some really serious chances in that game and just not taking them whatsoever. And then you flip it back to the other end of the pitch. I mean, I think it was literally from the Kian chance they went up the other end and put a ball in and scored. Um, and that's just that's just the differences of quality, I suppose. You know, when you, you when you bang in form, you, you just get those chances. And when you've got a striker like Charlie White, you know, who's as dangerous as he is in the air and has scored as many goals as he has, it's it's just easy pickings for him. And on the first goal as well, um, it's just terrible marking, isn't it? You know, he just peels off at the back post and no one's with him. And that was it. And that was the game gone. Um, obviously, we didn't get anything from it again. And then we're looking forward to the, the Shrewsbury game. And, well, I, I, I highlighted the Shrewsbury game as probably our last chance to really, you know, make a mark and say, look, no, we're not just going to go down with a whimper. We're going to give it a real go. And you know what? In the whole of the Shrewsbury game, I was I was excited. I felt like, no, come on, this is the game. We're gonna we're gonna show something here finally, and we're gonna we're gonna get something from this. But just a similar pattern of how everything's going at the moment. Um, the first half, I thought we were actually brilliant. To be honest, uh, we just couldn't seem to get the ball in the net. And you know, Dunn puts the takes the ball around the keeper, and maybe he should shoot himself, but he doesn't, and he squares it up to Humphreys, and he's he's, he's virtually got an open net to aim at, and he's nearly on the goal line, and the ball doesn't go in. And you just can't help but feel like, <laughs> I mean, a majority of it is down to poor performances, and, and we aren't good. We haven't been good enough. But you do feel sometimes like that we're cursed at home. We just, we just couldn't get any. We just couldn't get the ball in the net. And then the second half kicks off. Two easy chances for them, and that's all they did really. What I saw of them, and they, they score both the chances. And it's just, <laughs> it's demoralising, isn't it? Really. <laughs> what do you reckon, Travis? <laughs> I completely agree about the, the cursed at home thing. I think cursed in front of goal because I think we've not scored in seven now. But there was a chance in the second half when I think it was Kiahan who had pretty much an open goal again and then it just bounced off Conor Grant's ass. And I was just like, what is going on here? Like, 
how have we not scored? Obviously, we had the Humphreys chance you mentioned. That first half, we played probably the best I've seen us play in many months, like, probably since the turn of the year. But, like you say, I think the first goal, Bazunu, as much as I've defended him, I think he's got to do better with that one. And then the second goal, I don't know where the defence was, but... Yeah, like you said, two easy chances for them, and we're two 0 down. As soon as that first goal went in, we never really looked like coming back into it. Like, but like you said, the first half, first fifty-five minutes, we played really well. See, the problem, the thing I see with Bazunu is, I, I think he makes some. I think he makes a lot of saves that are easy. Make they make he makes them look spectacular, but then he can't seem to do the easy stuff. I, I like you say, I think he was a bit a bit suspect for that goal. I, I think he could have saved it really, but. Is what it is. It went in, and that second goal is just terrible. It's just like it's just yeah. a, it's still a, a, it's a weak pass through the midfield, and the defense is just nowhere to be seen. And you're running in on goal, and it's just as easy as that. Like if we could get chances like that, it, it'd be brilliant. What what do you reckon, Ben? Um, yeah, it felt a bit of a, a bit of deja vu, like you said. The first half was probably one of our better first halves in recent times, considering. But you knew as soon as it we went in the first half at nil nil, we we're going to get punished. But like you said, it happened two nil. They just seemed to die off in the second half. Not much happened. It was a bit, like you said, the performance was much better. But it's this this time of the season where it's results over performance, and again, it's another two 0 loss, which is no use to us at all. Absolutely, you know, we, we need results right now. But I will I will put a good word in in the sense of uh, Aaron Wilbraham coming back as a assistant manager and getting a result over us. You know, it's uh, it's painful to see a man that's been in a job less time than Brian and he's getting results. I mean, I suppose you look at the game in isolation and we've had results with, with Brian before, but it's, it's just demoralising, really. It's just that we just can't seem to pick anything up or any sort of form going forward. But I suppose that's just the way it is at the minute with us. We're just getting absolutely no rubber the green and injuries are killing us off even more. And yeah, it's, it's just rough at the minute. Um, so obviously the instant fallout from that game was, I think a lot of fans felt that it was it was definitely time for him to go now, and I think even the most diehard Brian fans had, had fought in their head that that was it, that sh- that should have been it. Um, but yeah, it, 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 that didn't trans. That's not transpired to be, and I suppose we'll, we'll move on to uh, the key points of the forum, which was wow, it was it was better than watching an episode of Corey. It had that much drama in it. It, it was the most entertaining thing we've seen from this football club 100%. in many probably since two years. Ah, oh, it was it was like a carry on sketch or something. It was <laughs> I've I've never seen anything like it. It was crazy, wasn't the, it? The, the dissection of it, like oh, just it just ebbed and flowed, and there was always there was something just something going on. It was it was oh, it was bonkers. I mean, we'll we'll dive into it now and and talk about some of the key the key points of what had happened. So some of the main points that people had brought up that was this summer that it was the first first time that we'd paid major transfer fees since Chris O'Grady. Um, I don't understand how that could be true because, uh, to my knowledge, we'd spent over a hundred grand on Jordan Williams, if if not only a few seasons ago, and obviously that didn't transpire to to well to to work out for us at all. Um, <laughs> I don't know what they're trying to do, and they seem to be cutting corners a lot and hiding things from us. It just seemed a bit weird why they wouldn't. Why they? Why, there seemed to be a, a a breakdown of communication. Surely, 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 they both knew that we'd spent money on Jordan Williams. I don't know what you reckon on that, Ben. Yeah, it was a funny one. Like you said, it, it was just an ounce of secrecy right from the start. Like you said, like they turned the YouTube chat on within like the first minute of the live stream being live, so you knew it was going to be an eventful one, but. 
yeah, like you said, it, it was just a funny one overall. Some of the comments that were coming out, um, just I, it was it was just a, it was a bizarre it was a bizarre two hours. Put it that way. Yeah, I've not seen anything quite like it before. Um, yeah, they they made comments about um, the pitch that we'd spent over five hundred k, you know, redoing the pitch and relaying it. Now I'm going to pose this question to you both. <laughs> And I'd, I'd pose it to people in the summer as well. Is is a pitch the absolute priority that we need? Because I look at a team like Peterborough, their pitch is absolutely messed and there's nothing to it, but they're second in the league and, you know, they're playing brilliant football and, and they're up there. So surely, to me, this is my opinion, surely the reliance is more on having a, a team of players that are quality and that they're not going to be injured and so we can have a we can have a consistent squad and we can have a good season. I what do you reckon on that, Travis? Do you not reckon that it's more important to have a better playing squad than a surface? I agree with you hundred percent, but I, I believe um, Bottomley and well the board and as a whole they wanted this pitch revamped for the style that Brian plays. I, I'm sure Brian, I read somewhere Brian asked for a new pitch to be done for his style. Which I do get it because that's the way he plays, but it's obviously not worked. We know that now it hasn't worked at the time. That was his way and the only way for us to play football. And when you mention teams like Peterborough and there's other teams, they'll obviously have a different like style. But Brian, obviously, he's not he's not going to change. But like you said, we we should we shouldn't pay that much for um, a pitch. I remember was it the 2018 season I think when we played Tottenham and then we had to get the pitch redone yeah, 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 yeah. halfway through that season and like it was obviously the last few seasons it's been terrible um, pitch but I think spending all this money um, don't get me wrong it's been great we have no games postponed all, all this season which is unheard of from during my time supporting us but like I, I just think having a squad having money to build a squad is more important than having a pitch to play with that squad because I just feel like there's got to be more ways to play and it doesn't it shouldn't just be directed on that pitch you know what I mean no definitely that's that's a yeah it's a, it's a fair point you make there what do you, what do you reckon then on the whole you know spending money on a pitch to regards to a squad instead um when they mentioned it there was there was a few funny parts I just want to touch on the fact that we spent £32,000 on hand sanitising stations and after all that, we've had no home games this season. So we've not used, we've effectively wasted £32,000. So it just felt a bit silly, like you said, with the pitch being paid in instalments, but it's it's designed not to fit our play style. I understand that it was made that way in some regard because of the stand was preventing section of the pitch from growing, but I feel we need to play wide and short in the pitch is a major disadvantage for us. No, this is funnily enough, you took the words right out of my mouth. That was my next point. I can't understand why we've all right, maybe 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 it would help to get games on more often, but surely to absolutely, you know, jeopardise the way we play football just to create just so we can have games on, it seems ridiculous that we've brought the pitch in when when we are so reliant on wing play to cut the pitch in and make it harder for ourselves. I mean, I actually hadn't noticed it up until they just met, until they mentioned it yesterday, but now it seems like it's clear as day. I, I just, I can't, I cannot un, for the life of me understand it. What do you reckon, Travis? Um, obviously, on, under the key field years, we did use like the wings a lot of cross, getting crossed in the box. 
No, I missed this bit about the pitch getting shortened or whatever. Yeah, so basically, not... basically what, what they've done is they've, they've brought the pitch in like a, a few right. centimetres in, so they've narrowed the pitch. So there's not as, right. there's not as much room on the wings. So to me, I, I mean, from when I, what I've watched of Dale this season, when we've played away games and, and there's been an expansive pitch, I think it's been brilliant for us. I think, you know, it helps us a lot. And, you know, it, it makes them play quicker and smoother and there's more ground to cover. And I just can't under, I just can't understand why we've tried to why we tried to um, nullify ourselves almost. I mean, it's, it's obviously that Brian's tried to introduce, to implement a new style, but it hasn't worked. That's what I get what you mean. Because we used to play with like going out wide, getting crossed in the box, and then we'd have a tall striker. Like we used to have Calvin Andrew or Steve Davis or Adam Wilbraham. They'd like get the ball, then they'd be Hendo scoring the goals. But this season, if, if the pitch has been narrowed, I'd say. I mean, it does kind of make sense. I don't really see us going that out wide anymore, which does make sense now that you mentioned that. We've seen to play, we just play direct football. We hoof the ball up to try and get it to Humphreys, but it always comes back to us. But when we get forward, we don't really go wide. So I'm guessing that is a factor behind it. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's definitely a strange one. I mean, as as we as we started the forum, they basically got Tony Potney on to break down the finances and, and he basically said that, you know, we've had to really, really tight, tighten up the budget and that we haven't really got a lot of money and, and this and that. But then Bottomley decided to go on and tell us that later on that he decided to buy a new seed machine for the pitch that's costing us a load of money. I, I don't I don't I don't understand what's going on there to be honest. How how have we not got the money to help with the playing budget? But we're going buying a seed machine. What's what is really more important at the moment? Is it not keeping our league one status, or or buying a seed machine? What what do you reckon, Ben? Um, it's a bit of a bizarre one, like you said, because a lot of the board and Barnley himself have been pushing for this league uh, for the season to actually be cancelled because they feel that, well, obviously financial issues. But on the other hand, like you said, he's buying silly things like a seed machine and spending five hundred grand on a pitch. But doesn't want the season to be like finished. It's just it's just completely bizarre. It, it's it's very very odd. And did you did you hear that bit, Travis? Did you get to hear this? I no, I didn't. I didn't hear this either. Yeah, he, he wanted to buy a seed machine of all things. I find it unbelievable how we have a seed machine but no left backs. <laughs> I think that is unbelievable. I mean, they did touch on the left back situation and said that they did all in their power, you know, to try and get these these mm. players into the club. But to me, it seemed like an absolutely priority position, and it it just didn't come it, to. It f- should have been it should have been the first position resigned in the window. Yeah, to be the um, just just touching a little bit further onto the finance side of things, they did make a point. Uh, mid, I think somewhere like midway through the uh, the forum that you know our budget is one of the smallest in the in the league. Um, but he, he went as far as to say that we, we we can't even compete with the likes of some League Two teams. And to me, I find that very, very worrying. That if we're in a league, if we're in this league and we are so far behind the pace and there's teams in League Two that are, you know, miles ahead of us, how, how are we meant to compete as a club going forward as, you know, as money, 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 money is becoming way more a thing in the game now. I think if you compare uh, League One and League Two to what it was 10 years ago, it's a completely different ball game altogether in the sense of finances. So it's worrying times. I just want to see what you two think on it. Travis, What? how are we? How do we sort that issue? 
Well, it's always been an issue. My whole time supporting Rockdale, we've always been told we'd have no money. We we make we make ourselves our own finances by self making youth plays and selling them on for a fee. And it was working for a number of years under Keith Hill, but obviously that it can't go on forever. And it is it is worrying things that you're hearing, whether it be from the board or from fans discussing it, like it just seems to it doesn't seem to be anything to like look forward to at the minute with, with us because the same we have no money to bring in players. There's no money to say we want to sack the manager. There'd be no money to do that. Obviously, we'll come into that later on. And then we're saying we can't compete with some teams in League Two. Now, I'd get some teams like things like Bolton, Salford, Forest Green. They probably have. I'm expecting them to have more finances than us. But if he's talking about teams like Crawley Town or Mansfield, then I'd be I'd be extremely worried as to where this money has gone. Yeah, it's 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 definitely worrying times looking ahead because I feel like I think we all have to have an acceptance now that it's it's highly unlikely that we're going to be able to put a run together to stay in this division anymore. Um, so it's just it is going to be it is going to be a struggle, and if we end up if we end up going down to to League Two and financially, you know, we're getting blown out of the water by these teams. I still, how are we going to build a team to even even contemplate getting back out of this division again? It's it's going to be after one of those situations where everything kind of just falls into place at the right time and that you could be waiting years for that and you know anything could happen in that time what do you reckon about all this ben do you think it's do you think it's quite a worrying thing that teams below us and the teams in and around us can are, are literally spending hundreds of millions of pounds well not hundreds of millions but thousands of pounds more on us but uh, more than us on wages yeah 100% um like the bigger teams are just throwing money like into the club and it's just something we can't do um especially with our on-pitch performance it's it's just not looking good um because we've not got the money to back it up and as soon as you make that drop to lead two which is looking more than imminent now it's people think oh it might be a good a good start or a good refresh to be have a season in lead two and we'll bounce straight back up but with our current home form and our of like a really bad financial state it's not looking good like you can see us being at least bottom half of lead two yeah, I can only see if by well, if we if we do go down and it does look a, 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 it does look like it's going to happen, I can't see us having much of a great season. I feel like it'll be a season of just trying to to steady the ship and and go from there again. But I, I just feel like from from the board level that there's an acceptance that like relegation isn't a problem, and that like our main focus is you know trying to save ourselves from this financial hardship obviously which is which is important i don't want the club to go bust or anything like that but we seem more fixated on the development of players and selling them on for fees than rather seeing ourselves you know progress on the pitch and i feel like that's been lost since dunphy's gone i don't know what what do you reckon travis yeah i completely agree chris dunphy was an unbelievable chairman for us he did everything right everything just seemed to click under him I mean, it, it does seem that as soon as he did go, it went a bit like it, the ship that he's sinking. Um, obviously, we've got the new the new board directors, the chairman came in, and we've been told for years, even before Dunphy left, that we we don't have any money in the bank. We we don't have anything to pay for these players like other clubs doing, which we understand that, but just. Getting, uh, like, say, going off the last year or so, we had Dan Edshed, Luke Matheson, now Cradro Bar, all players that have had really high quality and they've been sold for. Well, Bar's not been sold, I know, but 
I think Matheson and Adjad especially, they've not been sold for particularly high fees. I feel like if we could like hold out a bit longer, we could easily... I'll use Matheson as an example. The figure was £1 million, I believe. And yeah, he, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think they actually disclosed it, but I think it was touted. That it, it was I've million heard pounds. about one million pound now. Obviously, from his performances that we've seen, he was he's gonna go. I think go back to the top, and we could easily held out for rejected one million and got a couple. I say maybe an extra million or something like that. I think if that was if this was another team in the league like Peterborough or something. They would have held out until five, six million pounds, which I think we could do. Maybe not to that extent, but I feel like as soon as we get an offer for one of our, our young kids, one of our young ballers, um, <clears throat> we just we just crumble and accept it straight away. Just accept it, and then that's it. It's just done. I mean, I do understand in the sense of the way because we haven't got like a sugar daddy owner. And we we don't we you know we haven't got someone to plough the money into the club that we obviously we do have to sell players you know to to keep ourselves afloat and we have to rely on this talent coming through the academy, but I think as soon as we see the zeros popping up at the end of that offer, I, I think we just jump at the chance just too often. Uh, uh, whereas if we hold on for a player a bit longer, then you know their stock rises, and then we can make a further profit. I mean, we were in no rush to sell Matheson at the time; he'd literally just signed a new contract, like you say. And we, you, you don't know we could have held, held on from a little bit longer. Someone else could have come in, yeah. and they might have offered a bit more. I don't know. What What do you think, Ben? What do um, you think? I feel that we have become more of a feeder club rather than a club that's prioritising on being the best club we can be. Um, like you said, like the names of Matheson and I'd said that people like that, they they've gone on to much bigger and better things, and I feel like our play style now is not helping us become a feeder club or what the chairman and board want us to be. Um, I feel like our negative style of football is kind of like showing influences. Like on bar, he's like, the last few games, he's done nothing. And like some of these young talents that are now, that have started to come to Rochdale, they're not playing in a system which show like shows them off and shows how good they actually are. Like I feel that the way we're playing now is kind of like hindering the fact that they want us to become a feeder club. It's it's definitely hampering us on the pitch, and I think it's definitely hampering the development of these of, of these players that we've got coming through. Um, I mean, obviously, I don't know if you've seen about the the talk today about Quadro that obviously he'd failed his medical at yeah. City, and uh, uh, it was something to do with a heart problem. But now West Ham are looking at him, but it's 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 going to be peanuts because he's got no contract with us, um, and I think it has to go to a tribunal. See. So it won't be in, in, in a, a lot of money made. I mean, there might be some fees included and some clauses that we can make some money off. But it's uh, no, it's it's definitely it's definitely worrying times ahead. Um, the uncertainty of what's where we're going to be, what league we're going to be in, and what the what the sense of the finances and what type of squad we're actually going to have. Um, back onto the back onto the questions of the forum. Uh, someone posed the question. To I think it, I think the question was directed towards but even though it was it was directed towards David Bottomley. Um, they asked him, "What do you see in this current management setup? That's you know why why are they still in a job?" Which was which <laughs> which was then preceded by Bottomley turning around and saying that Brian and Lee are wonderful people and started <laughs> started to cry. Um, <laughs> They were the bit. They were the weirdest, fakest crocodile tears I've ever seen. As soon as, as soon as he kind of had a bit of a, a bit of a sad moment, he got he dived right back into talking the serious facts. 
what did you reckon of all that, Ben? I think he, I think he, I feel like he was just trying to play up to the supporters. Yeah, put it this way, he won't be winning an Oscar anytime soon. But yeah, it was, it was one of them where you feel he was trying to make us be on his side and feel some sympathy on a question that's like one of the biggest questions that a lot of fans want to want a proper answer for him. It seems like they're all a bit more, ooh, we're all friends kind of thing, but rather than is he doing a good job and is he the right man for the job. No, definitely. It feels very, very pally pally. Um, yeah. What, what do you reckon, Travis? Um, I saw the crying bit, and I agree. He's not winning any Oscars anytime soon. He's took, he's took some coverage from Matt Hancock, which. <laughs> but yeah, um, he just Brian and Lee. They do seem like nice people. Like obviously, everyone, no one's ever said they're not, but just the fact to cry over that. Like it shows you need like to show. I don't know what I'm trying to say. Um, it just. I think what you're trying to say, you need to be. You need to be like hard hitting. You know, it's you know you've got to be. You're, yeah. you're, you're a director of the football club. You've got yeah, to show. Yeah, not not cry. Not, I not, heard oh, I'm, I'm, you're, like you're my three times as well. Like, did, I, what was that? Sorry. Twice or three times over the two hours. I don't know if that's true. Oh, I can't say I, I can't yeah, say I picked up on that well, myself. Um, he did it twice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. He did. He did do it another time. I can't really remember what it was in correlation with. But uh, but you know, funny thing is, he was telling everyone to get on the Zen, the Zen <laughs> internet. And at the and, yeah. and at the second and at the second he did it, the the uh, the connection cut yeah. out again. I um oh, I don't know what he was doing. I don't know if he was trying to appease himself to the fans and make him say, "Look at me." I mean, he did mention that he'd been a Rochdale fan for fifty years. I'm not sure how true that is. I mean, I think I've I think I've seen him before in the past, but I mean, a lot of fans it, do seem to get onto his back. He's like the main the main person that fans get onto about the board directors, which I I don't know how much blame can be shifted on him. I I think I don't know his his tears did seem a bit iffy, didn't seem genuine. Crocodile tears, I'd just say, but. I think maybe there could be an element of people do go in like that. He's the man that gets blamed quite a bit. So maybe there is something in it. I'm not too sure though. I do think he gets a, a lot of a lot of stick and sometimes it is unwarranted. I think, he, look, I, I can't deny it. I do think they all have the best interests of the club at heart and I, I really hope they do. But I just feel like they just they just hide too much from us, and they're not honest with us. And the lack of communication it, it's it's been a real problem for quite a few years now. The communication from the board and and you know the in and goings of the club, mm. uh, the internal internal matters. We don't we just don't hear a lot about it. We're, we're not a very transparent. Well, the craziest like thing was at the start of the of the forum itself. The first thing it said was they're going to improve the communication, and they apologised for it. But then all this debacle with. The, the manager and the contract extension and the club made a statement today. So like where's the commun- communication for that? Like is you can't it's yeah. can't have it both ways. Like are you gonna improve it or not? I think the uh, I think yeah so let's get on let's actually get oh. on to that point. Um that that was one of the most bizarre moments I think I've ever seen. I just couldn't believe it was a professional football club. Uh, a question was posed to um I think his last name. I can't think what his, his name is, but Rawlinson. Uh, a question with one of the one of the directors. 
the question was posed to him, where are we up to in regards to the... Ex- this is what amazed me. The question wasn't, when does his contract run out? It was the question that was posed was, when, when how far are we on from getting his contract extended? Extended ex- extended for a man that's won one game in 20 is absolutely baffling at home. Uh, and they he turned around. He, he didn't seem so um, clued upon the question himself. And he turned around and said, I believe your contract runs out. And I think he said the 31st of May. Yeah, this this year. To then, for Brian to proceed around. I mean, just to clarify at this point, all pretty much all the Rochdale, all the Rochdale fan base were under the illusion that his contract was up this summer. And that's probably where it was going to be the end for him. For him to then turn around and pick the mic up and go, no, my contract's running for another year. At that moment, I... I I was absolutely <laughs> gobsmacked. I, I I couldn't believe what I was hearing at first. I thought, I mean, for the for the for the next few hours and and well, the, into the next morning, I actually thought it was like a, just an error, a clerical error that was going to be corrected. And then we find out later today they put a post out and say no, his contract has been extended till twenty twenty two, and. Yeah, we apologise for the poor communication on that. I mean, I genuinely think people in the room that, that they were interviewing actually looked perplexed and confused. I don't think even everybody in that room knew what was going on. Ben, uh, please tell me your Yeah, uh, well, there's not really much words, is there? Um, like you said, it was kind of... A lot of the people in the room were as shocked as the people watching it. Um, th- there wasn't many people there that realised, apart from BBM and maybe Bottomley, that his contract was actually being extended till 2022. Um the question is, who's given the go-ahead for this, considering half the people in the room didn't know? Um, it feels that... I feel like the club knew that the contract extension would have gone down really badly with um, a lot of the fans. It felt like they kind of swept it under the rug, and then after this little, I'd say, mishap in the fans' forum, they had to address it today with like a poor saying um, poor communication when it was clear that it was it was kind of like they were just hiding in it from us and kind of be like, they kind of acted like, oh, sorry, forgot to tell you. And reality, they was like, we'll kind of keep it on the low key until, well, till we have to tell them. It was just kind of, kind of like you said, they wanted to be a better communication with the, the fans. And it was just, that kind of just like summed it up. It was just, it was just bizarre. Honestly, when I, I think I saw the, I saw the post come up when I was at work and, uh, and my jaw just dropped. Because I genuinely thought we'd hear today that that was just that was just an error. I, 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 there's so many questions to be asked in that situation. Who's authorized the Who's authorized the contract? On what basis was the was the contract offered to him? And when was it offered? That is probably the most important one. When was it offered? I mean, you can kind of probably understand it. You can kind of understand it in two instances. I think you could understand it if it was early on in the season and we've just not been told about it, and it's been one of the things that they've kept under wraps for so long. And secondly, if it had been after the, if it had been at the end of the season, and we'd somehow pulled up, pulled off a miracle, and he'd stayed up, I could slightly understand it a little bit better. But even then, I'd still be a bit dubious about it. Travis, what do uh, you think? So many things to say. Uh, where do you even start with this? Like, because because I know you're not his biggest fan. Well, it? what I want to know is was they was the board planning to ever tell us? Like, if that question never got asked to Graham Rawlinson last night. Would anyone from that board come May, whether we get relegated or not, would someone come out and say Brian's contract is not isn't running out, it's been extended? Would they come out and say that? I don't think they would. I think they would have just left it for the whole season, whole summer, 
gone into August next season and then Brian's still in charge. No one knows what's going on. I genuinely think no one was told us. And then in the statement from today where they said um, we can confirm his his contract has been extended for another year, they had no information, no communication, no why, no when, no who did it. Like none, none of these. All we need. To, this is things as fans we need to know. Like who was obliged to do this to give him the contract? With other people, clearly don't know. Even the board of directors didn't know about it. The fans had no idea. It seemed to be Brian. Obviously, someone's told Brian about it. Someone, it's Brian, and someone else in this in this club. And it's just it's crazy to me how you see it. Like you, I don't think you see it anywhere else. If we saw this at Berry. A few years ago, when there was in turmoil, we would we would be all over it. Like it's it's crazy. Oh, we'd it's be crazy. Yeah, we'd, yeah. It we'd be laughing. Unbelievable what's happening. Easy. And the scene it again. I've seen this video clip on Twitter about fifty times today. I'm no joke. And just seeing it, like the confusion, in the room. It's so it's awkward. It's so awkward to see. Like it's cringeworthy. You just you. you... You just don't think you're no, looking at professional football. You really do you? don't. You, you, you think like you, t- you. It's like you. You know, you're at you, you're at soccer dome with, with your mates playing side to side, and someone said, "Oh, I'm I'm the goalkeeper, and I'm going up front tonight." <laughs> and, you, and everyone just kind of looks a bit confused to what you've just said. I mean, anyway, on 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 the topic of that that extension, I mean, it's, this is only purely a rumor, and it's something that I'd read that someone had put on one of the. Uh, uh, the pages on Facebook that someone someone's got this hunch or theory that they believe that Kilpatrick. Um, obviously, the, the the chairman who resigned had give BBM the contract extension without telling anybody, and that's why Rawlinson and Potney and Kelly, they all look like um, uh, they look they look they all just look perplexed when they were found out when they found out about it. I mean, it's it's a it's a it's a it's a, it's a worthy theory. Um, it does it would it would seem to make it sense. would seem to make sense, but even so, that is disgraceful the way that's been handled. If the the old chairman has. Given a manager without telling anyone in, in the football club what happens, and then he's just, he's just up and left, still not telling anyone, and that is amazing how that's been allowed to happen. I'd, I couldn't understand it. Um, a few more points I want to tie into on the fans forum before we uh, move on to the, the, past, the final few t- uh, topics. Uh, they, they spoke about someone bo- uh, boarded a question to them about the philosophy and style of play. And they mentioned the fact that they wouldn't change the style of philosophy that we play at this club because it's implemented from the club, not from the manager. I don't know how you can have that because there's certain games where you've got to change what you're doing to get through them. And just constantly playing the same style of football, people find it so easy to play against us, as you can tell. Ben, yeah, what, touching what on like you said, with? it's it's just if you're playing the same style every now and again, do your own work and you beat us. Um... Like you said, when your home grounds feel like you feel like a team would come to our home ground and be like, "Yeah, easy three points." That's that's worrying. That is very worrying. Um, like you said, in different games against different teams, you've got to switch it up. And saying that the philosophy is from the club rather than the manager is massively worrying, especially with the way we are playing in the current philosophy. So, saying things like that, say if we do drop down to League Two and carry on playing like that, it's just it's not going to improve. Not at all. Not at all. Travis? Um, yeah, fully agree. Um, you've got to, in certain games, you've got to change the way you're playing. Like, especially against the top team. The top teams just shred through us. That, the next few games, I think we'll see it if you don't change. 
But like I said, I think I said it last week, he does Brian can change it if he wants to, as we saw when he first came in. And we saw a few times last season. He can change his style, but it's just his stubbornness not to do it. It makes it it makes it un, unbearable to watch sometimes. And I think I think yeah, if it was just an acceptance and we, we try to change things up a bit, I think the fans would be a lot more on his side, but this clear the clearly seems to be this this not acceptance but this rule from the club that we have to kind of play this style of football. I, I can't understand why because you're losing fans at the minute. But anyway, um, on to kind of that. That will actually kind of touch on that point in in a minute. Uh, they did go on to mention that the, the, the fact that we um, that we kind of just have to play what formation we have depending on what players we have available. And they did mention the fact that how injuries have affected us quite a lot, quite a lot differently this season. You know, we've had a lot of impact injuries and, and impact injuries, and they seem to be an effect of um, playing games so constantly. And obviously, now with how congested the fixture list is, it's probably made it a lot worse for us because every time we play, every time we get an injury, you know, it's compounded because we only have a, a week or two to turn. Uh, to, well, we only have uh, three weeks, say, say three weeks for someone to turn over. Whereas last season, that would have been three or four games. It's now like six or seven that you're missing. So you, you feel the effects of it a lot more. But the problem with that is Brian knows these players that he wanted to sign and surely knew what their injury records were like. So why didn't we go and sign players that we knew were going to be fit to you know get us through the season? What, what, um, what do you, what do yeah, you think about that? That was one of the points that I did agree with uh, Brian on in the uh, fans forum, actually. Um, the fact that we are playing nearly double the games say in a game week so an injury is kind of like multiplied by two the amount of games they're missing um, it is massively affecting us but like you said it's part and, part and parcel of the game and you should have considered that when signing and going through Altman's scouting system that should have been one of the things we'll be able to play a consistent amount of games and keep fit and uninjured um, but like you said it's it's one of them where we're kind of now just like sticking together the pieces and trying to make a squad from what we've actually got left and it's just it's got to that point in the season where we're just kind of like whacking a team together with all the players, like we're playing Morley left back and players in positions that they shouldn't be playing. And it's just, it's showing by the performances. We're not getting the results and it's the team's just like, it's lost the chemistry completely. No, massively. Yeah. Um, I think they, they touched on the fact that, you know, um, just in like a bit of um, an added point on this, that about the, uh, the sub rule uh, that had gone up to five, it, was it killing us a bit? Because we just, we just don't have, the same squad depth as teams in this league, and you know these these teams that you know in crucial moments of the game they're, they're bringing on three four subs where we're bringing on like one player that can actually maybe impact the game. It's 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 just another le- another level for us at the minute, and I think it's just a, it's, it's a real struggle. But um, Travis, what do you um, reckon? I think the biggest example that you said is re-signing Ryan McLaughlin from last month. We obviously everyone knew about his injury problems, then we released him, and then. Yeah. We got told that he's he's overcoming finally and he's going to be able to play 40 games a season. I know he's been playing a bit more recently, but he's still not enough for what... Like, we all knew, Brian knew, especially, how injury-prone this guy is and we still we still went out to sign him. And there's other players in the squad. Like I, I think Jimmy Ryan's not been seen since like, three four months. Um, who else has there been? Beasley's you know, one. Beasley. Dooley's been Dooley's been uh, out for months. Lost no one's see. Some see. Someone told me that Dooley was walking around <laughs> Northwich the other day. Absolutely fine on, fine on a match day. Um, 
I, I don't know what's gone on there, whether he's had a fallout with the manager. Because I don't... What, did, did he even get injured, Dooley? I don't I'm remember not him. sure. I just I think... I just feel like one week he wasn't there. I don't know. But anyway, yeah. But we have, we have like you say, we've been seriously hampered with injuries. Did you, did you have anything more you wanted um, to say on that? Not or? particularly, but I just think, obviously, injuries is one excuse that Brian, like, Brian fans do use, but every team's got to cope with them. I think last week was, he was, was it the Sunderland game it might have been? It might have been the Jude game, but he was saying we, have, we didn't have many attackers available. And that we were the struggling up front, but I think we had Humphreys, and I think it was Shawnsy up front. But then we had Newby and Barr on the bench, who are both attacking players. So obviously we don't have Beasley, we don't have that Jack Vale we signed, Dooley. So the options we are missing. But if you still if you still playing a defensive midfielder up front ahead of instead of playing like switching the system, I've got you got two attacking midfielders slash wingers on the bench then I think that's the manager's fault and he should be able to change that. No, definitely. I mean, just, just kind of a light-hearted moment here. Not having Stephen Dooley at the minute feels like, you know, you're missing like a fucking <laughs> Yaya Torre or something for us. It's, um, you know, you, you, we need that driving force from midfield. Even Rathbone as well from suspension. Uh, Missed him a lot. Well, yeah, I mean, I think he should be back. Yeah. He should be back this weekend, I believe. I think that's his three games up, so that's not too bad. Um, I do want to just touch on it and just say um, Andrew Kelly is apparently really unwell. Um, I think he's suffering from something. It, it did sound. I'm not. I'm making assumptions, but it could be anything. But it did sound a bit like COVID. So yeah. obviously we wish him well. Um, we don't want. Yeah. We want to see him back at the the ground and, and fighting fit as soon as possible. Uh, just a few little points to wrap up on on the on the on the forum before we move on to the final points. Uh, they made a point about the fact that I follow is absolutely crucial to the club and it's a main sort. It's a, it's a massive source of income. And they talked about how we last night on on, on against the on the Shrewsbury game we only sold 196 home passes compared to 663 Shrewsbury passes. Uh, uh, I, I follow passes. That what that's just terrible, and if 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 any if that doesn't tell you the what the the fans' opinion is at the minute on Brian, I uh, I, I don't know what does, and that just makes the decision to give him a year's extension even more ludicrous, because I I, I feel like with that now you're you you've lost a section of the fan base, yeah. and they're 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 not going to come back now. Can until, I add a bit on until he's gone? Go so. Go on, yeah, go for it. I remember I watched the first half an hour and talk, was it Tony Poxy came on? I thought he spoke really, really well from what I saw. But he no, was he saying, did, he did, I think absolutely. him and a few others were saying, we need all the support we need, all the support we can get, um, buy every iPhone ticket, buy every 50th um, day of lotto ticket, buy every shirt, buy everything. But, I just don't think fans are going to buy into that anymore. Now, especially the news of Brian's extension, they are rewarding a man for failure because he's this season he's he's been he's failed if we go down. Obviously, it was expected, but what off the form, off the performances we've seen, it, I would say it's been a failure. Of especially, I think we've seen enough over the course of the season to keep us in this league, and it looks like we're going to finish rock bottom with a um, without a whimper. And I think this is the thing. Just so, just sorry, just to interrupt you there. I don't know if you had anything more to add. But this is this is the this is the thing. We've shown glimpses, and we and it's not like we've been sat at the bottom all season long. I think if we'd been sat at the bottom all season long, there'd probably been a little bit more of acceptance towards it all. I think obviously fans have still been annoyed and upset at the situation, 
But to see us, you know, rise up the table a little bit, and we've had good, in, we've had good performances, but we've been inconsistent. But then to drop and just sink into the bottom, I, I don't. I think that's why fans can't. Well, it. I think season tickets are going on sale soon, won't they? But obviously, going off the home form this season, one winning twenty. If fans do go back next season, I cannot see too many fans going. And people can call. I've seen people saying you're a fake fan, you're fickle for not going. But a season ticket costs three hundred, four hundred pound. That is a lot of money for hard-working people. They won't want to spend that money watching something that is inevitable, going off what we've seen this season, that not, we're going to lose, nothing's going to change. And then when everyone wants a change in management or a change in direction, it's just been rewarded with failure. And if you take it into a normal job, just any, any normal job, someone's failed for months and months and months, um, continuously you'd get sacked he wouldn't get rewarded for it and as much as I like Brian as much as a nice person he is and I'm, I, I think he's a great coach he's got obviously got an eye for a player with some of the signings he's made but I think he is too much of a nice guy and I think obviously going off what Bottomley said yesterday of down to tears from it he does seem like a nice person <laughs> but, um, I just I just don't think he's the man People saying he deserves a season lead two to bring us up. He's going to get it, but I just I'm not seeing anything from this season, and I say mainly this season to offer him that he should have the chance to bring us up when we didn't give Keith Hill the chance to bring us up, who's done it with us twice, and he's he's five much happier this season. He looks like he's getting more draw back. I I just I think we will really struggle next season. I don't know. I don't know what the quality of lead to is. We've not seen it in years and years. But I, from what people are saying with our finances and going off the way we've played, I really think we'll we'll struggle next year. I, I do think we're in for it in all, in all mighty struggle. Sorry, Ben. I, I will come over to you in just one second. Just bear with me. Um, the final point I want to make on that until I pass it, pass this, uh, pass it over to Ben is, like I said last week, now that we know he's going to be here next season for a fact, the second things start going wrong it's going to be a bloodbath at, at Sportland it's going to be horrendous and I, this is why I just cannot understand how we've got it um, yeah, go it's, on Ben you it's just massively contradicting like at the end of the day they're asking everyone to buy shirts attend matches get passes and then they're putting out performances like that and it's consistent every week week in week out um, at the end of the day football is uh, an entertainment industry if you're not entertaining it's the same drabble every week you're not going to get people through the door and that's your main source of income but like you said that was shown with the Shrewsbury game the match passes like just over 100 match passes is shocking then if you add that on to say the 1000 season tickets we've got that's say just over 1000 home fans sitting at home they don't even have to travel that so imagine if it was the same form and we were able to in the stadium it would be under 1000 people watching a Tuesday night game which is low as like that's not had that bad for years. Um, it's just it's just worrying. That's that that that's yeah. that's like a yeah, going to like silly. a NFL trophy game that type of attendance. That's it's it's beyond shocking. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I think in a whole that's most of the topics covered in in the forum. There was kind of a little bit of one positive that they touched on with the forum. They, they spoke about the contracts of Lund and O'Connell and Brian did allude to the fact that they both seemed like they wanted to extend regardless of what division we were going to be in. 
Now, that could all just be blowing smoke up our arse and telling us that because they want people to obviously buy season tickets. I do hope it's serious. I do hope it's serious and they do mean it because I do feel like they are they are two quality players on the day. Um, so fingers crossed, you know, <laughs> they, they both do get the contracts extended and they are here for, the, uh, for, for a bit longer. I think it'd be a shame to see Lund go definitely because he has kind of got into that legend status now, yeah. I believe, for this club. Um, but yeah, I kept, one of the kind of the final points I wanted to touch on, obviously this is away from the forum and this is just something that I was thinking about. I, I feel like going into next season, regardless of what league we're in, I know our financial situation might make this a little bit tougher, but I feel like there cannot be such a heavy reliance on loan players because, to me, they, they 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 might lap it up when it's all well and good, but I don't feel like they're you know they've got the club's best interests at heart. I know they're here to develop themselves, but I just don't feel like sometimes we have that time to do that. We need instant results. I feel like we need a better balance between youth and experience. Yeah, it's kind of one of them. What um... do you reckon, Ben? I'd much prefer if we had a solid team, like you said, that weren't loan players. It kind of feels that we become like we get used to having all these players in our squad, and then say a year or two years later, they're all disappearing. We've got a completely different squad. Um, like you said, it's a lot of the loan players have got better things at heart. They're not here to for the long run. They're here to get onto bigger and better things, which is fair enough. But like you said, we'd rather be a a club that's fight like up the, I know people won't say it, but like up the championship way, like you said, we'd rather not be a, a feeder club at the bottom for for like players to go on to teams that are in the championship or Premier League. It's, at the end of the day, you, you want a football team to do as successful as you can. I know we all get this little old Rochdale stuff, but at the end of the day, you want to be the, the furthest up the league you can. No, absolutely. I mean, they did actually allude to that in the forum very quickly. They did say he mentioned yeah, something about <laughs> challenging for the the championship, and I'm thinking we're 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 sat but we're sat bottom of League One, probably going to League Two, and you're <laughs> you're you're hoping that we're going to go and challenge for the championship. But <laughs> there you go. Uh, um, Travis, what do you reckon? Interesting. On that how many loan players we've actually got? We've got Bazunu. We've um, got Hayden Roberts. We've Jack Vale. We've had um Talad Bowler, Vail. didn't we? Now, often play. I think Hayden Roberts looked good yep. at the start. He had a good game on, on Tuesday, I thought. But not seeing anything available. And Bazunu, I don't want to criticise him, but he is because he's a young keeper. But he's not been great. And I think for every every Bobby Sanchez you get, you're going to get players like that. That they're too young. And when was the last time we actually had our own recognised number one? Was it Lilith a few years ago? Yeah. Then yeah, yeah, it would have been Lily. So left back. Prior when was the last time we had our own Logan? left back? When we said we've got this is our left back, not a loan player. It's probably been now that, years. That's a good question. That what is yeah, probably Michael, maybe even Joe Bunny. Michael Rose, Joe, Joe Bunny. What a player! But like, oh, you can't, we can't, you can't build a team, yeah. especially in a relegation scrap and all thing, off loanees. Like it's not a way. It's not feasible to progress. Like these players don't. Had the clubs in um, best intentions at heart. They'll play a season and they'll go back to Man City or Arsenal or Brighton, wherever it is. Like as much as good players, some of them can be. I just don't think it's worth it. I've, I would rather instead of getting one really good loan player from, say, a Man United or something, I'd rather have get three or four good, all right players that we know can, we can progress in our system, we, we can make them better in the future. And I think that's what we might try and do with Conor Grant, because he's obviously a young, young talent. Instead of bringing in 
I'd rather yeah. see us do more of that instead of, and even progress our own youth talents, like some of the ones we've got playing in the academy at the moment. I'd rather have, instead of Bazunu, I'd play, I'd play Brad Wade or something, just to get them experience. And we can see later on if we're good enough or not. No, definitely. And I think going forward, we definitely need that. That, that We need that experience in the team and not this constant chopping and changing and players going here, there and everywhere. We need to try and get the kind of a basis of a solid, of a, of a settled squad that's going to be here for the, not for the, obviously the long haul. I know players come and go every season, but just like a core of players that we know we can rely on and that are going to be re- re- well, yeah, reliable for us and are going to get us the results that we need. But, um, yeah, overall, it's been it's been another tough week for Rochdale. Um, obviously, nothing's really gone in our way, and then obviously everything with the fans forum has been crazy. Looking forward, we've got two another two tough games, which I, I can't really see us getting anything out of. I, I'm going yeah. to assume probably you two agree with me yeah, on that one as definitely. well. In, in playing Pete, in playing Peterborough and Lincoln, tough tough games. Um, but as always, uh, lads, it's 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 been a pleasure to have you both on. I am going. Thanks for tuning in to another week of the All Dale Aren't We podcast. Until next time.